Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Drags. It's Wednesday, October 9th. Time for episode 319 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com and follow us, as always, on Twitter at PatriotsCLNS. This week I welcome back Miguel Benzon of Boston Sports Journal. Patriots fans know him better as Pat's Cap on Twitter, and that's where... You'll find all of his great breakdowns of Patriots salary cap information, but of course, you'll find it also at bostonsportsjournal.com. Subscribe there. It is invaluable information for anybody trying to follow all of the breaking news and all of the uh, developments leading up to the NFL trade deadline on October 29th. Uh, by the way, Miguel is also a 2015 Top 25 Boston.com Best Sports Follow. Are, are you very – yeah, you're very proud of that, aren't you, Miguel? Oh, I sure am. It's crazy. It's crazy because I was the only fan to be listed on that. You know what I'm saying? Is that right? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just awesome. That was just awesome. Well, you uh, work harder uh, than anybody I know. Uh, keeping track of salary cap information. And obviously we'll start with the news that has already transpired, and that is Ben Watson being released by the Patriots on Monday afternoon. Uh, break it down. I know you wrote about this uh, in great detail uh, on bostonsportsjournal.com, uh, his release from a financial perspective. What's it really boil down to? Why was uh, he released? Well, salary cap wise, it feed about about two million dollars. All right, because the Patriots are now off the hook for his for his salary, his forty six million active roster bonus, and he also had some incentives. All right, um, Bill, Bill had said that they didn't have a roster spot for him. Right, if the problem was the cap, and people have been saying though they they released Watson just to get cap room. All right, before they had they released him, I thought they had around one point eight million dollars in cap space. I thought that was just a around enough to hold him for the rest of the year, all right? So I don't think they just necessarily released Ben Watson to get rid of the cap space because obviously if they wanted to have him on, they could have asked him to take to redo his deal, like take out some of the incentives. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So yes. They could have lowered the cap number and still kept on Ben Watson, all right? Um, so I Bill, I take Bill at his word saying they didn't have rosters. And a big thing was, like he said, there was no one, everyone came out of that game healthy. All right. I mean, 
One of the reasons the Patriots, Patriots have so little cap space is they got so many players on IR so early in the season. Like they usually end up end the season around with 12, 15 guys on IR. On IR, they already have 12 guys. It's only week five of the season. Of the season, I'm saying so. Um. That's what breaking it down for, for Watson was I see that uh, how that's my take on Watson. I don't think it was necessarily cap related. I do think they had enough cap space um, for the rest of the year before they released them. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, no, I think it does. And um, I think what you bring up is fascinating because I don't think – I don't recall anybody – talking about this at the time uh, when all of those players uh, went on IR both during training camp preseason and early in the season, the ramifications of those players going on IR to the salary cap and what that might mean going forward in terms of acquiring players um, uh, working up to the October 29th trade deadline. It's incredible. It's incredible because literally when you place like David Andrews, all right, you gotta, you gotta have, get his replacement and pay him for the entire season, right? And then you replace, um, Nikhil Harry. Those are the 17 week salary, right? That's a lot of money you gotta cover. Like teams before the season starts, teams like to have four to six million dollars in cash free just to replace the players on injury because football is a, not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. Football players get injured. All right, and people have said this from about 2018. One of the reasons the Patriots won the Super Bowl in 2018, they had extremely, they were extremely healthy. They right, they, you know, saying so they actually got healthier during the year. What I mean by got healthier is they actually got players back from IR, Rex Burker, Rex Burker and Duke Dawson from IR, and they didn't place anybody else on IR during the, at the end of, during the second half of the season, 2018 season. Excuse me. Yeah, so when you take a look at the Patriots roster right now, and from that perspective, and you look at the three players that are on IR that a lot of Patriot players wonder, could they return? Um, you took look at Isaiah Wynn, and you look at James Devlin, and you look at Stephen Guskowski. I would assume, since they have two guys that could come back from IR, the two guys you would think are Isaiah Wynn and James Devlin, correct? Um, I would put Nikhil Harry first. We'll make oh. it because you know why? We'll know. We'll know about Nikhil Harry if he's coming back early because he's they can make the decision on him earlier than anyone else because he can start practicing after in week six, and the first day he practices is the day they declare him if he's coming back. All right, so. It's like like the people saying like all this. That's the first day he comes back. They did declare. So if he practice, if he starts practicing, and they say he ain't coming back, he ain't coming back. You know what I'm saying? So if, if they wait to practice, now, I got yeah. I see you know what, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think they'll. They already made by the time J- James Devlin c- could come back, they would have had made a decision on Harry and Kakowski. You know what I'm saying? And plus, I, I'm pretty sure that Kakowski got like a hip. He can't come back from that. He had surgery. No, it, you're okay. absolutely right. Uh, scratch what I said before. Okay, no the, problem. <laughs> the three because there was something up on my screen that was blocking part of my um, uh, ro- Patriots roster that lists all the reserves, uh, okay. injured reserves, and okay. it's Isaiah Wynn, James Devlin, and Nikhil Harry, and the the two of those three 
are eligible to return simply because you can have at most two return from IR. They actually, right now, uh, you know how many players they have on IR? Twelve. Well, eleven plus the one guy on um, NFI. Correct. Okay. And that's a remarkable number. That's and crazy that's, number. Yeah, and that's why we bring up the ramifications of the salary cap and how that might hinder what they're able to do uh, coming up to the NFL trade deadline. I happen to think they are definitely, given uh, what we've seen from the offensive line uh, and Marshall Newhouse uh, at mm-hmm. left tackle, I think they've got to reactivate Isaiah Wynn. Then it comes down to James Devlin and Nikhil Harry. And frankly, based on what I've seen from Jakob Johnson and his st- rapid improvement, not steady improvement, rapid improvement uh, at the fullback position, I think they're going to you know, let James Devlin uh, take the year off and just uh, take their chances with Jakob Johnson, don't you think? Yep, and it, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I just wanted to point out this weird cap tidbit. In 2000s, they st- you are now allowed to trade Blazers from IR. So imagine if, if Jacob Johnson impresses the Patriots so much and they realize that James Devlin's not going to be in their future in 2020. They could trade him now and free up cap space. When did that not, rule change? That was in 2017, either 2017 or 2018. I'm sorry. I don't, I wish I knew that. I should I remember the tap kept it. I just don't remember when it happened. It was a bylaws change. I'm going to say 2017. How do you keep track of all of this? Uh, honest to God question. Because uh, I, I, I want, you know, there are teams that employ multiple people in their departments to keep track of all of this. Um, well, I, you know, I started off like because I thought I could do um, a better job of carrying the salary cap than the beat writers. All right, I'm a fan. All right, um, some of the people in the business media like to look down on the fans. So now, now I could d- develop a reputation for being a salary cap guy. I feel like I can't, I can't, I can't let my fellow fans down about when it comes down to the salary cap. I but, admire that, Miguel. Yeah. I admire that a great deal. Thank you. Just because you're honest. I mean, yeah. there are there are fans who would love to be able to go about doing what you just, you know, have done with your career in the last couple of years. And obviously, um, Greg Bedard and the folks at Boston Sports Journal recognized your skill and uh, brought you on to do uh, – a very specific job for their website, and yeah. it is—it's tremendous writing. And anybody who has the time should definitely go read your story on how Benjamin Watson's release helps the Patriots' salary cap now and in the future. So, you've got the floor here. What do you mean by uh, between uh, in terms of helping the salary cap now and in the future? All right, because I, I do think, like Mike, I, I, th- I think they're going to trade for a player. I mean, I now, like, I didn't think, like, before I wrote the story last week about trading for, like, maybe trading for Stefan Gibbs or AJ Green, the big name players, right? I dismissed that because there's way too many moves you got to make to get the, get those kind of players. You know yes. what I'm saying? But now you put it with now with $3.7 million in cap space, all right? And it gives you more options. You're saying maybe you can afford a guy that's like maybe in the six to seven million dollar cap range. Because I don't think they'll get, they would have to trade a big name player like a Hightower or Bennett to get like a, a Diggs. You know well, I got to tell you, um, I don't know if you're reading between the line on, lines on Michael Bennett, 
but there are those who feel that Michael Bennett's starting to fall out of favor with the Patriots. And I've spoken to people around Gillette who say that if they are not going to allow that train to gather momentum coming down the tracks, if you know what I mean. That is okay. not going to be a train going downhill. All right. So, so you know, some I, 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 didn't, I didn't hear this. I didn't hear the show. All right. I heard somebody say today, um, a radio show said, was told to me in an email, and somebody asked me this question, that if you cut Bennett, you could save four, four, five million on cap space. That's wrong, all right, because he's eligible for termination pay. So his, his $3 million salary would remain on the Patriots' books, even if he did – even it stays on the books enti- the entire rest of the season. Even if he decides in February he didn't want it, the termination pay, it would still be on the books of 2009, for 2019. Right. I got that. All right. So all you would save, by, so, but if you trade him, you would save the remaining salary and his 46-man active roster bonus. And his 46-man active roster bonus are huge. He gets paid $90,000 for each game he's active. All right. So even if so you were to trade him right now, today, um, they would save about $1 million in cap space just on the 46-man active roster bonus. And then you would add in the – 12 seventeenths of the three million dollars of his salary, so that would create some cap space. So that's why I'm thinking, like, may if they don't want to go down that trade, Mike, he's the one guy. I, you know, say, people, that's the one guy I would trade. You know, saying if you want the cap space and you need to get a big name player, he's the guy. If if you don't, if you're afraid of him being being a, a disruption, a locker room disruption later in later this year, he's the guy I would trade. There are two other ways that you mentioned. Uh, that the Patriots could save a huge amount of money, mm-hmm. extending Devin McCourty and extending Kyle Van Noy. Yes. Okay, v- Devin, you could do something like you did with Brady, all right, and where you give him a bonus, you convert his salary, and you could save a ton of money that way. It depends on how many years you want to push out. Because, folks, I mean, people like to say that the cap is crap, all right? But literally, if you were to do a signing bonus with Devin McCourty, his cap number, you're pushing out dead money into the future. Right. Right? You know what I'm saying? So right. you have to count everything, every cap, every dollar a player gets is going to eventually hit the cap. All right? So do you really want to do that with a player who's over 30, who may retire on top if the Patriots win the Super Bowl this year? Saying, so how much do you want to push out in the 2020? And remember, let's just say – for whatever reason, Brady's not on the roster 2020, all right? Now you got Jared, Jared Stenham on a rookie contract, all right? So you got to build a team around him. You the, And the best way to build a team around a young quarterback is to have less dead money. Why is that? I mean, maybe because, I'm missing something, but... Okay, because it, because Brady's not on the roster next year. It's the, you you got to have over $13 million in dead money with him, all right? I, you know, saying, and then you're gonna have dead money. Now with I Devin get it. Yep. You're gonna have dead money with Devin McCourty. You're gonna have, de- you know, you're already gonna maybe. I don't. I think the Patriots are gonna win the grievance with Antonio Brown because I think Roger Goodell is gonna have his thumb on the on the justice of scales and saying we're not paying this. When, when the NFL is not gonna pay this guy who want, who who I I think somebody one of my um, fellow capologists Ian Whetstone had tweeted this out. He thinks that. Antonio Brown's doing all this. He didn't. He wants to get paid this year, but he didn't want to play this year. So I think that I think the Patriots are going to win the grievance because I think that that's I think the NFL 
is going to see it that way and make sure he doesn't get paid. Okay, so ultimately, who decides the grievance? Um, an arbitrator. By saying <laughs> that's going to happen in the spring, and uh, it's not going to be, well, it's not going to be Roger Goodell. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. See, that's the thing. They never talk about who does it. Um, um, and right, and, and that's that's another fascinating story that I definitely want to delve into. But before I do that. I want to take care of some business here. The football season is in full swing. Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners at betonline.ag. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser. Straight bet, parlay, or just tease your way through the season. You can even bet on some wild proposition bets. How about these? After Jay Gruden was fired by the Washington Redskins on Monday, who will be the next coach to get canned? Or will the 0-4 Dolphins eventually win a game? Get the fastest-to-market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, back with Miguel Benzon from Pat's Cap and Boston Sports Journal. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, Twitter, that is, at Pat's Cap, P-A-T-S-C-A-P. Back to Antonio Brown and um, what you were saying about the tricky um, projection business of trying to determine whether or not Antonio Brown will get his, what is it, $9 million? Yeah, okay, so he filed a lot of grievances, all right, against the Patriots and the Raiders. I'm just going to talk about the Patriots one, all right? Sounds like good filed, to me. Okay, he, talk, he, he filed a grievance about not getting paid for week three, all right? And for some reason, when Ian Rappaport tweeted out the thing about his his grievances, he said week one. He wasn't on a Patriots, Patriots roster on week one. He was on a Raiders might have been on a Raiders roster on week one. It's week three. I think he's going to win that grievance because he, he was on the roster at t- Tuesday be- on the Tuesday before they cut him, and he practiced, three I think, three days that week. So I think he's going to win that grievance. I think that the Texas he sent out during that the week he was released – Invalidates the guarantee, sound salary guarantee. So that was my a- initial read of all of that as well. Mm-hmm. So I think I think his Texas invalidated his salary guarantee. Okay, the signing bonus. I know people. Some people have said the Patriots got a uphill battle to win. I just do not. I might be. I'm. I just don't think it'll win because I think, like I said before. I don't think the NFL wants to pay someone who's acting like he wants to just get paid, wants to get paid but not playing. You know what I'm saying? So I just – there's – and the fact is maybe they learned something on Friday afternoon that we haven't yet to hear about that said that they know that they that he misrepresented that he would be available to them for the rest of the season, that he did something that he knew that the either either criminally or the commission would suspend him for the rest of the rest of the year. So, mm-hmm. so that we might never find out, Mike, that that was true. Like that might just that might be an agreement, and they never say that in the the details of agreements. How he ever comes out, 
know what I'm saying? Maybe we'll find out two months after the grievance uh, is held in the spring. But that is my guess. I mean, they were they were taking a chance on Friday during the Friday practice that Brown would not get hurt by not cutting him before the practice. In terms of Antonio Brown getting paid per game versus his salary bonus, how does all of that work? Hmm. Okay. So I, 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 are you asking me maybe they should have restructured the, the, the way they structured the deal instead of the $9 million bonus instead of – Yes. Okay. So, folks, what happened was Antonio Brown received a $9 was going to receive a $9 million signing bonus, right? And, and basically as the Patriots – typically do with live signing bonus, they broke it up into two payments, $5 million and $4 million. What Mike is asking, well, maybe we, the Patriots couldn't, didn't even have to give him a $9 million signing bonus. Maybe they could have said, Antonio Brown, every time you're active for a roster, active for each game, you could have got $800,000. Correct. Them. That's exactly okay. what I'm saying. Okay. They could have done it that way. All right. Um, maybe they were afraid that someone else is going to beat their offer. Because it's better for the player to get the five million up front than to get the eight hundred eight hundred thousand over the course of the over the season. I that's my guess. They were afraid that somebody's going to outbid them. I think Drew Rosenhaus um, knew that Antonio Brown wanted to play for a winner, and he knew all along Antonio Brown wanted to play with Tom Brady. So I don't think that was the case where the Patriots thought that they would be. Um, outbid hmm. by another NFL team and I think they had that leverage uh with Drew Rosenhaus and uh-huh. I think it would make a lot more sense for the Patriots to have gone game by game oh, with yeah. Antonio Brown working in some type of creative bonus uh, a large roster bonus yeah because he would have stayed the problem with that idea Mike is that since he was active for 15 games last year all his roster 46 man roster would have been Likely have been, to be earned, right? Earned this year. So, like, you, you could, he, you, we couldn't have had, he had a, um, $5.75 million cap number for the Patriots this year. So, unless he would agree to have $5.75 million total in, uh, for the cap number for this year and maybe some guaranteed, fully guaranteed money for 2020, that's the only way they would have done it. Okay, I'm going to read you what exactly you wrote about uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, point number four in your uh, column from uh, today, uh, October 7th, I should say, uh, you wrote, since Antonio Brown filed a grievance on October 4th about his unpaid 2019 salary amount of $750,000, 40% of that, which is 300000 will be subtracted from the Patriots' salary cap in the near future. If the Pats win the grievance, they will receive a $300,000 credit on their 2020 salary mm-hmm. cap. So th- the reason I ask you this is how can any of that money, that 750000 the $300,000, be applied to cap space that they could use to go out and get a player at the trade deadline? No, so that's such so, so Mike, eventually, supposedly he filed a grievance on Friday. So eventually, three hundred thousand dollars is going to hit the cap between now in the near time, in the near future. All right, I thought it would have been today. Showed up on today's cap, but I was wrong. Okay, <laughs> we can't all be perfect. 
You know what I'm saying? But maybe he's going to show up later this week. All right? <laughs> so, so think I said 3.7 early in the podcast. Folks, if that's going to be, if I'm right, and I think I am, it's going to be $3.4 million. All right? So, but $300,000 in the scheme of things is not that big of a difference. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, of course not. All right. It really isn't because really they could just have um, – it really isn't that big of a difference. Let me simplify you, all of this, okay? Yeah. Let me cut to the chase. When the Patriots look to add a player or two between now and the NFL trade deadline of October 29th, how much salary cap room do you think they're going to have to work with? The hard problem is because how many people get injured between now and then, okay? All right. But yeah. let's just hope no one gets injured. Okay, so no one gets injured. It'd be about three point four million dollars. I would think they and what they let's talk about what they need to spend. Okay, what they need to spend is to cover the forty-six man active roster bonuses that somebody might earn that they didn't earn in last year. That's for sure. You know what I'm saying? That's the only necessary expense they're going to have for the rest of the year. The other things that I'm talking about, it's nice to have things like that. It'd be nice to extend a player like. An Adam Butler or a Ted Karras, all right? Yep. It'd be not right. You're not gonna. You need cap space for to replace an injured player, but maybe they don't. No players get get placed on the IR for the rest of the year. You saying? But you. But just you're gonna need that space just in case. So let's just say October 29th. I'm gonna say they're gonna have around two, two and two and a half million in the cap space. To, to play with that does remember, not sound like a lot of money. It is. It isn't a lot of money, Mike. It isn't a lot of money. Um, and let's remember. And then by and then on October 29th, so you got you to pay the to whoever you get new. You have to pay the, the, the next nine weeks worth of salary. So let's just double. So just say that's a five million dollar player. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking you can get. Someone who has a five million dollar who's due $5 million in cash for the rest of the season. Because some players have salary and 46 million active roster bonuses. You know what and what happens if they have incentives, if he gets traded, they get reevaluated. So if a player who had like a Super Bowl, I get a million dollars for winning the Super Bowl, all right, every every other team, it'd be considered non-likely to be earned for two, you know, every other team in the NFL be considered not like not likely to be earned. But if he joins the Patriots, it then becomes likely to be earned. Huh. So, so you, you, being yeah. so successful actually works against you uh, at the trade deadline for that particular reason. Yeah. So you can't trade for. So if they're trading for a player who has incentives about number of wins, playoff wins, playoff appearances, that hurts the page. The Patriots' success, like you said, Mike, hurts them in that regard. Okay, I'm going to finish up by asking you if the Patriots wanted to go after Stefan Diggs or A.J. Green, it almost sounds like it's impossible. And I know you mentioned A.J. Green. You addressed that unlikely scenario earlier. Mm-hmm. But I want – because that's what everybody's going to be talking about, right. uh, barring, you know, something else drastic happening on defense like losing a line uh, – a uh, uh, Dante Hightower or losing um, somebody like a Jamie Collins – People are going to be clamoring for that extra offensive threat that is missing in the Patriots' offense right now, and everybody is assuming that's at wide receiver. Okay, so this would be, let's just say A.J. Green, all right? You would have to 
trade a current player. Or you would have to restructure a couple of other players' deals. And, like, I'm talking, like, McCordy, I'm talking Hightower, I'm talking even Van Noy. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and because – and I'll tell you this, Mike. We don't, we don't have, probably have enough time. The, oh, we have low – we have all the time in the world, so okay, so I was feel free. Say if you want to create cap space and you know you're going to grab – you're going to get uh, an, some, some expensive player in the future and a trade, trade, trade deadline, it's better to do a restructure now for a current player – then later, and the reason is because once a player gets paid for his, sal- his weekly salary, and once a player earns his forty-six man after I run, you can't convert that into a salary bonus. So I'm just going to use round numbers to make it easy for. Okay, let's just say a player has a, an eight point five million dollars salary, so he gets paid five hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. All right. Okay. For a veteran, and let's say the veteran mi- minimum salary. Is a million a million dollars? Okay, so he gets paid. Uh, I'm just doing off the top, like hundred thousand dollars a week. All right. So that's two. If you do it now, you could save about one point six million dollars on a gap. You do it in, the, in the, uh, about three oh, three million dollars on a gap. If you do it later, it's about less money. It's about one point six million dollars less. The f- earlier you do the restructure the more cap space you're doing. So the people who keep on saying like the cap is crap and it's so easy to move money, money they they forget they're during regular season. It's hard to create cap space. Why? Because you can't cut a player, a veteran, because he's got termination pay. So you don't cut any, save any money that way. That's and, why you can't just cut Michael Bennett, like you were saying. Right, right. And, so you, and some players, for example, some people wanted to get rid of before you got. They found out they got hurt. Stephen Kakowski. All right. If you got a player who has future salary um, guarantee, that money hits the cap in 2019. All right, so you actually lose space rather than create space by cutting a player who has future guaranteed slat salaries. Um, I'm trying to think, who would I have done? Who would I? It'd be McCordy, like and like Willie Sutton says, go follow the money. People with big salaries on on the Patriots. It's Hightower, it's Vanoy, and it's Devin McCordy. All right, you can't. And people ask me about Brady, but Brady has a low salary. You know, he's only got $1.75 million. You're only going to save maybe, if you restructure his deal again, maybe two to $300,000. That's not going to get you a, right. an age green. And what, what, uh, and I know Evan Lazar has, uh, spoken about this at length and it's a pretty fascinating subject to me. The, the two year extension is kind of a ghost two year extension. For yeah. Tom Brady, can you explain that from your perspective, which is uh, nobody has better insight than you okay. do on on that concept? Why is that? Okay, so <laughs> last year, I, last day, the Patriots love proving me wrong. Right? Last year, I said about this when they were had tight and cap space, they probably would never do a deal with voidable years. All right, that's something that the teams like the 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 Saints do with, with Drew Brees. And what do I mean by voidable, voidable days? Years is on March 18th, 3.59 p.m. All right? Brady's deal will end with the Patriots. All right? If they he does not reach a sanction between them. He's right. right now, he's actually on the books, signed for 2021. He has a cap number for 2020. He has a cap number for 2021. But... If he does not sign an extension with them, all right, his deal ends. 
So the signing bull ration for the, would then, from the 2021 season, would then come on to 2020 cap and make it a, a nice juicy number, $13 million. I'm like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I mean by a fa- it's considered a fake deal. I'm, I'm personally carrying the, I have to carry since I like to match the NFL PA. All right. I, I'm carrying Brady's number on my books, on their ledger. So right now he has a cap number of $36.75 million on my ledger. But obviously then he can cut – if he leaves, that number will go down to like $13.5 million. If he extends the deal, if he do something, does something with his deal, all right, that, that $6.75 million from 2021 remains on the 2021 cap. So that's why the Patriots it behooves the Patriots to reach a deal with Brady. I mean, I, I think he's working, he's playing at a high level still. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I would agree. I, I would agree with that. Okay. Okay, but so. there are those who feel that those avoidable years give him the out after this if, year. Yeah, um, Mike. Then he should, if he wanted to out, oh, like. I know he keeps on saying, like, he, you know, his father kept on saying it's not going to end well. But Brady could have had chances in 2013, 2016 to make this deal so he would be a Patriot forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's never even asked for a no trade clause. Yeah, that's <laughs> fascinating, actually. Yeah. Like, if he had, like, if he had asked for a large signing bonus in 2016, all right, he only got, like, a $28 million signing bonus in 2016, all right? If he had asked for a large signing bonus, like $50, $60 million, all right, he, he, they couldn't have traded him, even on how well Jimmy G had done, because the capital would have crushed that cap. So he had a, ch- he had a chance to, to say, give me a large signing bonus, all right, and that would ensure his future for the, you know, for the, for, the, for the next several years, all right. He's never asked for a no trade de- deal. You know, even and remember, and um, now I forget the year, but remember, in the, some in September, where he just got paid three million dollars to avoid having the Patriots have to guarantee the rest of his salaries. All right, then he could have asked for more money. Then he's been a team player now for all those years, for since 2013, and now he's worried about uh, my future. Well, he could have done things to to better himself to ensure a future with the Patriots contractually. Yeah, but didn't he didn't he concede all of that for the best interest of the team? So his assumption was, look, I I don't really need the cash. What we need is players around me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's a it's a two edged sword. If he had done this, if he had done, if he had pushed for more money, Patriots probably don't win three Super Bowls. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? But he could have pushed for more money. It's kind of to think it's funny for him for him to be concerned about the future when he's 42. When he could have done actions when he's a little bit lo- a couple years younger, that would have made sure that his 42 and 43 years old, he would have been still on the Patriots. Okay, we're going to end this podcast, and I'm going to ask you um, point blank okay. a couple of questions. All right. What happens with Tom Brady's voidable years? He extends his deal on March 16th. Um, his new cap number is going to be about $25 million. And for extend well, for one or two years, um, hmm. he extends his contract to through the 2022 season. 
So really, so he's going to play the final. He is going. No, no, no. no. They'll eat the dead money. They'll eat the. Dead okay, money. got it. All right, okay. Michael Bennett. What happens with him, and what are the salary impacts? Oh. oh. <laughs> See, I didn't think, Mike, before you said that. I just thought they were saving him and rested him for the end and rush. I mean, really, they don't need him to play well at the beginning of the season. They need him to play well in the playoffs. You really can nothing. say nothing at all, Mike. He I'm stays- say nothing. I'm saying he's. I'm saying he's nothing at all. I, I don't. That my gut says nothing at all with him. All right. Yeah, An- Antonio. I, I think, oh, go ahead. Antonio Brown. They win the grievances. I think they're gonna get in. They're definitely gonna win the salary grievance. They're gonna get a credit on the cap because he didn't. He didn't play, have 15. Um, 46 minute active roster bonuses. I think they win the grievance. Maybe because Drew Rosenhaus and Bill reached this deal, they reach a compromise settlement. And then I don't know what, how they'll, they'll, they'll affect the cap, but I, you know, I can't even give you that. You know, say so I can't give you numbers on that because I don't know what they would agree on. That's totally unknown at this point. Yeah, yeah. If, if but, you're, you're, okay, so that'd be my, if, hmm, if I was Drew Rosenhaus, that's what I would do. Is settle it? I would settle it. I would settle it. Yeah, I don't think I think I would I would not take a chance of winning. And right, and they could also settle and void the grievance and just make it all go away. Both yeah. sides could do that. Yeah, yeah, in theory. And one more, Ben Watson. He we obviously know what the Patriots save almost 1.9 mm-hmm. million, right? Uh in mm-hmm. his release. Yeah, yeah. Is if he comes back what are the salary cap implications, and can they, does he come back at a different number? He comes back at a different number. It's a whole new deal. I bet you he signs for the veteran around the veteran minimum, um, which is what they should. I mean, literally, I don't. I just which if which they could have done on on Monday. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I say he comes back maybe a little bit more than the veteran minimum, but not that. But not a lot less than he was on the books for. Okay, and final question: AJ Green, Stefan Diggs, or a lower valued, uh, financially lower valued low receiver? Value, easily low, low value. That's what I'm trying. I I my, I was gonna guess if it's. I don't think they would trade him, but the player that fits the best is Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> right, but I don't think the I don't think the Vikings would trade him. But I'm saying, but Stefan Diggs, no. I, and the other thing is, with, with folks, I don't think there's no way they trade Stefan. Vikings is going to get less than a, a first round one because that's what they what the Cowboys got for uh, uh, gave up for Amari Cooper. All right, I just don't think the Patriots trading up a first round pick with all this uncertainty of next year with Brady and so I just don't think they're going to trade a first round pick for him. I am on board with you yeah. with all of that, Miguel. Okay. Miguel Benzon, you know him on Twitter as at PatsCap, P-A-T-S-C-A-P. Um, obviously, Miguel, uh, your work can be read and should be read at bostonsportsjournal.com for any Patriots fan that wants all the ins and outs of the salary breakdowns. And obviously, this is a very complicated time of year for uh, people like Nick Casario, the director of oh player <laughs> personnel for the New England Patriots. <laughs> this is where he earns his money, Miguel. You know that. He, he, oh, my gosh. He is earning his money. I, I, it cracks me up. My 2018 training camp, 
he walked by, and I sit in the bleachers, all right? And he walks by the bleachers, and I yell out, because I know what he looks like, and I yell out, Nick. No one knew who he was. No one else in, that, in, in my section knew who he was. I'm like, man, I'm like, I wanted to tell, I wanted to tell people, hey, this is the, this is the, one of the architects of this team, and he, no one knows who he is. <laughs> and he likes it that way, trust me. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but he, he, I think okay. he, you know, he doesn't mind getting up on the podium in front of us at Gillette Stadium. But in terms of being out in public, I think he just likes his anonymity. Most of these guys who are behind the scenes working day and night, day and night, I think they just like to be left alone. This is what I do. You know, well, obviously he serves so many hats, and Bill Belichick has said this on numerous occasion, occasions. He wears so many hats for the Patriots, but this time of year when you're number crunching, uh, nobody does it oh, yeah. better than uh, Nick Casario. And nobody does it better online than Miguel Benzon. I want to thank Miguel uh, for joining us today on the podcast. I want to thank everybody for downloading this episode of Patriots Beat. Also want to thank our terrific sponsor, betonline.ag. For producer Mike Alonji and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast. Or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.